from my first novel, my first Sam McRae mystery, Identity Crisis. I have been doing readings up to chapter 7, so uh, this is chapter 8. And at this point, I, I will include links to where you can see the previous readings or hear them, whatever. And um, But I will tell you that at this point, the protagonist, Sam McRae, who is a female lawyer, has been beaten up by some mobsters, and basically at the end of the last chapter she passed out. So here's what happens. I was at the bottom of a well, looking up. It was night. I could see the stars. I was cold. I was wet. It was a long way to the top. Voices. The sound of voices echoed down the well. They made my head throb. I tried to yell, but nothing came out. Someone's beeper went off. Voices and a beeper. They were driving me crazy. At the top of the well, a woman's face appeared. She smiled at me. Melanie? I called out. <clears throat> Melanie? A spotlight blinded me. Not again. Please don't hit me again. Please. Melanie, I mumbled. Shh. Lie still. Words spoken in a low and reassuring tone. Someone touched my wrist. Someone with cool hands. I opened my eyes. I wasn't in a well. I was on my back. A nurse standing beside me. She was taking my pulse. I cocked my head up a bit. Curtains hung around me. Where they parted, I could see people in white coats and hospital scrubs. Machines beeped. I put my head back down. Hello, I said, the words stumbling off my tongue. Hello, she said. She looked me over in a way that was both appraising and concerned. She seemed to exist in a zone of calm, which she shared with me. Will I live? My voice sounded bizarre and unnatural. It seemed to be out of sync with the movements of my mouth, my own voice dubbed into the movie of my life. She smiled. I think you have a few more years left in you. Her voice had a Midwestern twang that made me think of apple pie. Yay, I'm gonna live. My voice came out in a sing-song. Far away, someone laughed. Suddenly I felt very tired. I drifted off into a dreamless sleep. <clears throat> I woke again in a hospital room, my mouth so dry I could have sworn there was dust in it. When I tried to sit up, my head and abdomen protested. It was light out, but it must have been early evening. The TV was turned on low to access Hollywood. Russell slept in a chair. Russell? I croaked. His head snapped up, and he opened his eyes, blinking. He appeared to be as disoriented as I was. Oh, thank heavens, he said. He rubbed his face as if to wipe the fatigue off. How long have you been here? Since the ambulance brought you. I felt swelling in my belly and probed it. Tender. Where am I? Floral Hospital. You look awful. He did an exaggerated double-take. 
You should talk, Missy. I chuckled, then cringed. God, my throat was parched. You're kind, Russell. Go home. You shouldn't do this to yourself. Who else is there? He snapped. He glared at me in that disapproving way of his. Then his look softened. He never stayed mad for long. I thought it was important for someone to be here when you woke up, he said. You're a real friend, you know that? I whispered. He stood and walked over to me. We all need friends. He stroked my hair, looking at me with a mixture of concern, gratitude, and relief. For a moment, I feared I'd burst into tears. A nurse came in to take my vitals. She had water. I wanted to chug it all, but she made me sip it. Then the doctor joined us. He said intestinal bleeding caused my ab abdominal swelling. A bruised kidney was the worst of it. I had a mild concussion and a serious knot on my head. In short, I was extremely lucky. I felt good, all things considered, until he said they'd probably keep me for at least a week. But I've got a business to run, I said. I can't lie around here for a week. My clients depend on me. You're not going to be able to take care of them until you can take care of yourself, the doctor said. I was so exhausted, I didn't want to think, let alone argue with the guy. Russell stayed after the medical staff left. Let me get together with that woman in your office. If there's anything we need to reschedule, we'll handle it. Okay, I said, forcing myself to remember what I had on my plate for the next few days. No court dates, but there were a few meetings. Sheila has a spare key to the office. Now, she doesn't work for me, Russell, so don't expect too much from her. My calendar's on the desk, and Jamila's number is in my Rolodex. Maybe she can lend a hand. I lay back on the pillow, my head spinning. You've got to relax, Russell directed. Even after you get out of the hospital, you'll need time to recover. Jesus, I always wondered what I'd do if this happened. Self-employed people should always have a backup plan, someone to turn to if they're incapacitated. I felt as helpless and small as a bug on its back, trying to get upright. I was lucky I had friends I could depend on. The first few days were tough. Once I got off the painkillers, I started to feel better, but it was still an effort to get around. Russell brought books and magazines. Jamila stopped by and offered to fill in for me on any cases that needed immediate help. While she took care of the legal minutiae, Russell cleared my calendar of meetings and other stuff for the next few weeks and looked after Oscar. It was both gratifying and nerve-wracking. I've never felt such a lack of control. As the week crawled by, I improved slowly. I took extended walks around the floor as soon as I could, partly out of boredom and partly to show everyone how great I was doing. They wiped me out at first, but I got stronger each time. Near the end of my stay, I won't say I was ready to run a marathon, but I was definitely moving better. I was also anxious to return to the outside world. When the doctor told me I could go, I almost jumped for joy. But you'll have to take it easy, he warned. Don't push yourself or you'll end up back here. Sure, I understand. Nod and smile, I thought, and get the hell out of here. Russell picked me up. 
My calendar was clear for the next two weeks. I expressed my eternal gratitude. When we got to my apartment, I remembered that I needed to buy food. That's what started this whole mess, going out for groceries. When I mentioned it to Russell, he said, Stay here. I'll do your shopping. Russell, I can do this. Shut the hell up and make a list. Who was I to argue? After he left, I lay on the couch and watched TV. Same as I could have done at the hospital, but somehow it made a great deal of difference that I was home. That's actually a portion of chapter 8, and I'm going to stop there. It's really interesting to see how badly lawyers treat themselves. It really comes out in that chapter. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the reading. I'm not the best reader, but this is the book I wrote, and it's the first in the series. Thanks for listening.